0: Hello, my name is Evan Stolman. Today is March 27th, 2020, day 9 of quarantine. There is a thunderous cloud above our heads, roaring, shaking the world with a steady bass. But we too have trumpets. We too can sing from our soul, and that is what we must do. For those who have come before, they had faith in us. They must have. Or they would not have gifted us the grace of embracing the sun. This too shall pass, but we must remember what has gotten us here. One third of humanity is now in lockdown, with over half a million of us who have been infected with COVID-19. 24,000 have died and 120,000 have recovered. The numerical value gets less and less relevant as each day passes. All we have to know is we are in a great struggle the ultimate gift, and that is life. In Europe, yesterday's epicenter, many have died, and it seems that many more will. However, all is not lost, as Italy, the hardest hit country in the world so far, is showing signs of desperately needed hope. The dramatic draconian actions they have been taking seem to be working. They are in fact flattening the curve. Italy now has over 8,000 deaths and has had over 80,000 cases. However, every day since March 21st, less and less cases, percentage-wise, have been reported. Now the situation is clearly out of control, and who knows how many resources are being put in to counting official numbers rather than all hands on deck, attempting to walk those who may have the potential to live off of death's doorstep. However, the curve seems to be getting ever so slightly less daunting, although Italy was one of the first hit and will be one of the first to recover. Spain is right behind them with 58,000 cases, as their hospitals have clearly become overrun, now reporting over 700 deaths a day matching the destruction of Italy, with an additional 8,000 cases reported on March twenty sixth. These numbers even come with the reporting that China's coronavirus tests That they have sent Spain have an appalling 30% accuracy rate, which seems practically useless. The cases are most likely much higher. France, another beautiful country, is walking down the same eerie path as they now have 29,000 infected, with 4,000 new cases and almost 400 new deaths, doubling the numbers from the day before. Just a few days ago, these numbers would be appalling. However, they may seem underwhelming in a few more as the United States of America has now officially become the epicenter of the world with 85,000 cases, adding just under 20,000 in one day on March 26th. This is not surprising to many of us who have been paying attention. The lack of care their statesmen have had for their people has been disgusting, and it was seemingly only a matter of time. This comes with the much too recent memory of thousands gathering together on the beaches of Florida for spring break. There have even been recent reports of megachurches still holding mass gatherings of thousands, despite the carnage that is unfolding before their eyes. The testing has been ramped up significantly, and this is a positive. However, 40,000 of those cases alone have come from New York State, which has been the forefront of revealing the foothold this virus has clearly had in the United States The past several weeks, as almost 300 people have succumbed to the infection on March 26th, with still very little action being taken. We must pray for those unfortunate souls. Here's a video from an ER doctor, now turned whistleblower, on the state of the medical infrastructure in New York City.
1: All the patients in this room, all the feet that you see, they all have COVID. The frustrating thing about all of this is it really just feels like it's too little too late. Like we knew, we knew it was coming.
0: Dr. Colleen Smith gave us a rare insider's view of an overstretched ER in New York City, the epicenter of the country's COVID-19 outbreak.
1: Today is kind of getting worse and worse. We had to get a refrigerated truck to store the bodies of patients who are dying. We are right now scrambling to try to get a few additional ventilators or even CPAP machines. If we could get CPAP machines, we could free up ventilators for patients. The hospital
0: received a shipment of ventilators from another hospital a few hours later. Dr. Smith said it was the third emergency resupply in a week.
1: Five, five ventilators. The head of New oh York City
0: Public Hospitals denied that they have ever come close to running out of ventilators. Attempting a cover-up. a statement to the Times said they continue surging supplies and personnel, which is the number one priority for their hospital system.
1: You know, we now have these five vents. We probably, you know, unless people die, I-, I suspect we'll be back to needing to beg for ventilators again in another day or two. There's a mythical hundred vents out there, which we haven't
0: seen. Hospital and state officials say dwindling supplies will soon become a major problem, but hospitals are keeping up for now. Meanwhile, Dr. Smith says the shortages are already here.
1: Leaders in various offices, from the president to the head of health and hospitals, saying things like, we're going to be fine. Everything's fine. And from our perspective, everything is not fine. I don't have the support that I need and even just the materials that I need physically to take care of my patients, and it's, it's America. And we're supposed to be a first world country. On a regular day, my emergency department's volume is pretty high. It's about 200 people a day. Now we're seeing 400 or more people a day. At first, we were trying to isolate patients with cough and fever um, and be more careful around them, but we weren't necessarily being extra careful around all the other patients. And then we started to realize that patients who were coming in with no fever but abdominal pain actually had findings on their x-rays and chest CTs that were consistent with this coronavirus, COVID-19. So if someone in a car accident gets brought in, and we get a CT scan of them, and their lungs look like they have coronavirus. We were seeing a lot of patients who probably had COVID, but we didn't realize. 10 residents and also many, many of our nurses and a few of the attending physicians got sick. The anxiety of this situation is really overwhelming. You know, all of the doctors, it's hard for us to get tested even if we want to, even if we have symptoms. We're exposed over and over again. We don't have the protective equipment that we should have. I put on one N95 mask in the morning. I need to have that N95 mask on for every patient I see. I don't take it off all day. The N95 mask I wore today is also the N95 mask I wore on Friday. We're always worried that we'll be out of N95 masks.
0: Dr. Smith says the hospital is adapting as fast as it can and it set up a tent outside to test mildly sick patients. But these fixes haven't minimized the pressure.
1: What's a little bit scary now is the patients that we're getting are much sicker. Many of the young people who are getting sick don't smoke. They're healthy. They have no comorbidities. They're just young, regular people between the ages of 30 and 50 who you would not expect to get this sick.
0: FEMA is expected to bring more materials, but Dr. Smith says there have been a lot of promises that have yet to materialize in the ER.
1: So many people are saying it's gonna be okay, everything's fine, we have what we need. And if this goes on, for a month or two or three or five like it did in China and we're already this strained. We don't have what we need. I don't really care if I get in trouble for speaking to the media. I want people to know that this is bad. People are dying. We don't have the tools that we need in the emergency department and in the hospital to take care of them. And. And it's really hard.
0: As we have stated before on previous updates, the world is backwards. Mexico is now enraged at its government for still allowing Americans to cross the border into Mexico for non-essential trips. It looks like the wall was not such a bad idea after all. With border tensions building on the south, strange developments have also been unfolding to the north as the U.S. has stated they will station over 1,000 U.S. troops on the Canadian-U.S. border. Officials from the U.S. have stated they want to ensure no infected Canadians are getting across the border into the U.S. in a strange turn of events, considering Canada's meager 4,000 cases compared to that of the United States. Donald Trump must be feeling the heat as the only logical motivation to this awkward geopolitical move is attempting to craft a PR statement for his supporters, as clearly he and his administration have done such an abysmal job of controlling the virus spread in his country. It seems that he is grasping at straws. Canada and the U.S. share the largest non-militarized border in the world and Justin Trudeau and the Canadians have stated that it is very much beneficial for both nations to keep it this way, as the government of Canada seems to be as confused as the rest of us. Canada, however, has added 634 new cases as hospitals are becoming more vocal of how little equipment they have in order to combat this deadly disease. With more and more anxiety growing around the world, Canadian companies have done almost nothing to protect their workers, those who are the blood of their beings. Here is a heartbreaking video of a construction worker talking to his fellow crewmates on March 24th as they see the virus ravage the world and little has been done to protect them.
1: If I lose my job, I lose my job. I shouldn't okay, be speaking like this. But I don't care. I oh, don't give a fuck anymore because I'm scared too. I got an 86 year old home with oxygen at home. My wife is crying every time I go home because she doesn't know I'm going to kill her father if I have something. Let's look out for each other. We don't have six feet amongst each other here. When you're in the work site there, you guys don't have six feet around you. We're all breathing on each other. Where's your eating facilities? Are they sanitized? Do you have water to wash your hands when you eat your sandwiches? He doesn't own anybody need to be intimidated by
0: doesn't the Ontario, in an unprecedented move, has now started rationing medication to a 30-day supply. This comes as fears of a shortage due to India stopping major chemicals from being exported out of their country due to possible shortages of their own, as they are now in total lockdown. Many non-urgent procedures like certain cancer surgeries have even been put on the back burner to free hospital space, leaving many anxious about when the crisis will be controlled as the many indirect repercussions of the virus are felt. Major brands in Canada like Canada Goose are now creating scrubs for doctors as we scramble to get prepared for what is ahead. The numbers have almost become too many to keep track of, as many now turn to their own community as the situation deepens. We are united as a world, and each and every one of our lives will continue to be impacted. Every day, we must think of those who are fighting this battle and do everything in our power to help those who need support. Many people around the world have spent their quarantine time sewing masks for the healthcare workers who are holding up society with their hands alone. The phrase of doctors and nurses being the front line has come up many times throughout these past weeks. That is, however, not entirely the truth. The situation happens to be more grim. If there are no more practitioners of medicine, who do we have left? Only the earth that birthed us. These are in fact our last line of defense. You and I are the front line. Every human who walks this planet should prepare to become a soldier. For we have the first strike, while doctors and nurses are the last call for help. This is why we must stay home, wash our hands, and care for the ones you love. Live consciously, for every action you take will create a reaction that is out of your control. I will now end with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. As my sufferings mounted, I soon realized that there were two ways in which I could respond to my situation either to react with bitterness or seek to transform the suffering into a creative force. Thank you and stay safe.